Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 30. Here's Pastor Ryan. I was, I, was a, I was a hurt kid, angry kid, broken home, abused. And, and, and then when I lost heart, and you know, I began to drink and do drugs and live a sinful life. And I drank, you know, almost every day from the time I was 15, 16, all the way till I got saved. You know, just drinking. And I would listen to oldies, which is big in the Chicano neighborhood. And, uh, you know, we grew up on oldies. We grew up on, in other words, we grew up on sad songs, which compiles onto the sadness I was already living. And so there was a lot of depression. There was a lot of self-harm with drugs. <sighs> yeah, we would just, you get to a place you don't care. You're that down. You just, you're that depressed. You're that hopeless. And all the music I listened to, even the gangster rap was just as angry and depressing and, you know, Growing up on Tupac and all the other stuff I listened to. Then I was in the punk scene too, and that's all depressing too. So depression upon depression. I ate depression sandwiches for a living. And, uh, you know, drugs were big and people were depressed. A lot of heroin in El Monte. I remember the veteranos, the veterans, when they would shoot up. Or when they would listen to oldies, they would reference a needle as heroin. Like the song, they were singing the oldie song to heroin. You know what I mean? And the, sad, the songs were all sad. So I come from that. And, uh, and then I get saved. And it's like to, to go from that to being hard, to very hard, very violent as well. You don't cry. You don't show... Uh, you don't cry. You don't show feelings. And um, yeah, I became one of the leaders of, of our clique, you know, of our gang. And so to go from that to, like, the joy of the Lord, my only reference is I cannot believe I'm not going to hell. And that's why I smile. Whenever you see me smile, I'm smiling. Because I'm happy I'm not going to hell. I'm not smiling because that's what the TV pastors do. I'm smiling because I truly am really amazed that I'm going to heaven. And, uh, and then the love of Christ has been poured out on my, in my heart and in your heart. And then we, we, we have this gladness, this joy. It's not, oh, I mean, 
No, I wake up, I don't wake up like that. You gotta go, you gotta go search it out and seek it. Seek and you shall find, you know, knock and it shall be opened to you. Ask and you shall receive. And God will give the Holy Spirit, which the fruit of the Spirit is joy, right? Is love and joy, joy. It's the Holy Spirit, see? So, but you have to seek it. That's why, like, I have compassion for those that are going through hard times and they're, they're like, down. We come, we weep with them, we hug them, we, we chill with them. We, we're there for them. But then you get those that are like, just, they're not going through anything. They're just, bummed out all the time it's like what's up with what's up you know have you been saved (laughs) you know like show some enthusiasm amen gladness and you find it at the foot of jesus in his presence is joy if you need it turn everything off stop worrying about your problems Stop it already. Turn off the phone. Give God an hour of prayer. Just go kick back with them. Get a coffee. And relax. Read a little bit of the Bible. Put it down. Talk to him. Cry. Tell him about all your hurts and all of the drama and all of the problems. And how you want to walk with them and you want to walk closer with them. You got all these things going on and you don't know what to do. Give it to him. And don't leave until you're, you can smile. Amen? With great gladness and the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing to the Lord, accompanied by loud instruments. And Hezekiah gave encouragement to all the Levites who taught the good knowledge of the Lord. I like that. And they ate throughout the feast seven days, offering peace offerings and making confession to the Lord God of their fathers. And so Hezekiah here does a wonderful thing. Who, who you know, who would have thought the king himself, the young king, is encouraging the Levites, man, those who were teaching the good knowledge of the Lord. Those were handling the scriptures and teaching. He encouraged them. That word encouragement or or to encourage, it it means to promote courage into somebody, you know, to to tell someone, be courageous, right? And, uh, you know, what a blessing it is to have people around us to encourage us. Amen? I mean, all of you are guilty of encouraging a lot here, which is great. You encourage so much, you know, and uh, um, I love it. I love it. You know, one of the greatest uh, remarks people uh, we've heard about our church is that there's a lot of love here. And that's that love is encouragement, encouraging the best in one another, to hang in there with the Lord, to not give up, to don't quit, that God has a calling on your life and he wants to use you mightily and and you will get through that problem or whatever issue you're going through, you will get through it. God will not leave you hanging. You will get through it. That Just to have that encouraging heart, we should all have that and seek to have that. And as I've gotten older, you know, I, I seek to be a greater encourager you know to my kids and and to my wife and 
And throughout my journey, how many people have encouraged me? So many, I can't even name them all. But from the beginning, people were encouraging me to read my Bible, to pray, to stay in fellowship. And God was always faithful to send spiritual people, strong spiritual people to encourage me to stay on the course I needed to be on with God. You know what I mean? And, and so stick around strong Christians, right? Who encourage you to do well. And, uh, you know, um, I've met so many throughout my my life, but I believe that the greatest encourager to all of us is God himself. God himself is the great encourager. That's why we, we, we preach, pray, study his word. There are so many encouraging promises in the Bible. Read it systematically. Have a bookmarker in Genesis and go through the New Testament. One in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, go through it. One in the Psalms. Read a proverb a day. Stay in the Gospels. Read more. Please read more. I read daily to be encouraged by God Himself, and He does every single day of my life. For 24 years, God has been encouraging me through His Word. You know, when we read His Word, He enlarges our heart. He feeds our spirit. He increases our joy and our gladness. There's nothing that you cannot do with Christ on your side. That's what happens when you read. Your faith grows. Faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. On Sundays, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, right? He said, abide faith, hope, love, but above all these things, love. And the way we abide in those things is the study of his word. There's, there's so many promises that encourage me. Jeremiah 29, 11, that verse alone held me up for about a year. You know, that one alone, right? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. His word, think about how beautiful that statement was. That's for you, that's for me. All we have to do is pray to him and read our Bibles and we get all of these promises. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, the Lord has appeared of, of, of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. I have loved you. Can you believe that? With an everlasting love. That's what God thinks of me. That's what God thinks of you. What an encouragement. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, be strong and of good courage, Moses said to the people. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He is the greatest encourager, greatest encourager, and he knows everything that's going on with you and with me. And I mean the thing seen, and the things unseen. God knows exactly what's going on. With, in Luke 22, verse 31, he, the Lord Jesus said to Simon Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. Can you imagine that? Oh, I hope he's not asking for me. <laughs> Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. What is he saying? When you have returned to me, encourage your brothers. Encourage strength upon them. Courage upon them. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. 
And uh, he's the greatest uh, encourager. You know, one of the biggest blessings I get uh, as far as the privileges that I have in my life to, to preach the word, to teach the Bible, isn't the teaching or the preaching. It's the fact that I'm, I am crying and seeking and knocking and, and uh, asking God for encouragement. It's part of the process of me teaching every week. I get to like, oh my goodness, I cannot do this. This is crazy. I go through that like it's part of my it's part of my life. <laughs> but it, what's cool is I have other senior pastor friends, and trust me, it's a part of their life too. I remember my pastor saying, "Lord, when we he we would pray before he would go preach, I'm always desperate for your help, Lord. Can't do it." So. You know, some of these trials, some of these callings, some of these opportunities to serve the Lord may be an opportunity for you to learn and receive the encouragement of the Lord. Because what he calls us to do is usually above our pay scale. It really is. I can, you know, um, one of the biggest encouragements, I'll have you turn there with First Corinthians, just to wake up a bit. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1. Verse 26. Give me an amen once you are there. For you see your calling, brethren... And not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And to put to shame the wise, and uh, God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. That's one of the most absolute uh, encouraging verses of my life. Because it reminds me that he can use anybody. And I need to hear that often. Amen. And so, he was a great encourager, Hezekiah, really cool. Um, Hezekiah gave an encouragement to all the Levites who taught the good knowledge of the Lord. And so, um, those who labor in the wor word, as I do as pastors or children's ministry, anyone who teaches the Bible, anyone, not just pastors, but they need encouragement, they really do. And I like that this is also specifically for the Levites who were dealing with the Word of God. Because when the Word of God has the power to change men's lives. And the, Satan does not want the Word of God to be taught, period. He doesn't want people to hear the Word of God. He doesn't want people to understand the Word of God. He certainly doesn't want people to turn to Jesus Christ and be saved. So the Word of God and those who preach it 
are attacked by the enemy. And so those who, who teach, the Bible says, let not many of you become teachers because you fall under a stricter judgment, number one. Number two, there's a big bullseye on the heads of those who teach. We become uh, uh, just a, a big target for the enemy. If there's anyone that Satan wants to take down in the church, you're looking at him. And so, as he said here, the encouragement, I get it from you guys, keep it up. Encouragement, prayers most of all, and I know you do, I know you do. I, I, I sense it, I feel it, I know it. Please pray for me in the parking lot before you come in. Say a prayer. Don't come in here without, hey, you kids, pray for your pastor. Pray for Pastor David. Pray for Jacob when they share the word to you over there as well. Because there are many who say, I didn't receive anything or I'm not really, uh, I didn't get nothing out of that. I would say to them, did you pray for the pastor before you came in? And I bet you they say, nope. And there's a responsibility for the teacher, yes, to prepare, but there's also a responsibility to the hearer. That's why Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Did he not say that? So pray and you'll get more out of the messages, trust me. Amen? So, uh, and then in Hebrews 13, verse 7, it says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. And so in Scripture, you see uh, the, the calling on the people to, to really care for those who teach them the word of God. And so, uh, and they ate throughout the feast seven days, offering peace offerings and making confession to the Lord God of their fathers. And so, they had a great feast, guys, and they're just confessing their sins before the Lord. Verse 23, Then the whole assembly agreed to keep the feast another seven days, and they kept it another seven days with gladness. And so it was going so well. God was so on the Passover Feast of Unleavened Bread. He was so on that. God was so blessed at their efforts, at their, their praise and worship for him, at all that they were doing, that God blessed them with the supernatural unity, that they were of one heart, we, we were told the last time we studied this, remember? They all had one heart to honor the commands of the Lord. Unity must be worked for. It doesn't just happen. God sees it when we strive to maintain unity. Paul tells us in Ephesians to endeavor to keep the unity of the saints. It's up to us to stay connected, to come into his church, to encourage one another in love and good works, to invite each other out to lunch, to dinner. We must hang out with each other. It really is a responsibility to the whole body of Christ. You know, and we try to give events at the church so that we can fellowship. And so the fellowship was so good at this Passover that we're reading about that they all decided with one accord, let's do it for a couple more weeks. They just wanted to stay. And when God is pouring out his spirit upon his church, that's how it is. Like people don't want to bounce. They don't want to leave. And it's great to get a call from David. I mean, he lives here, Pastor David. You know what I mean? So he, he kind of can't leave. He's stuck. You know, you have some eggs? 
or whatever, you know. But he, I, I love getting calls from him. It's three o'clock. They were here for three o'clock. Service ended at 12. You know, what's up with that? It's like, yes. God gave us the building not to just jam, you know. Some do jam. Football season, you know. <laughs> Sinners. <laughs> yeah, I like my football, trust me. But, you know, it's like, keep in mind, how many get-togethers, Marilyn, Sue, have we had here, potlucks? We don't want to, we just don't want to leave. We go out to tacos at like nine, it's like, and we hang out till like 11 and we're, we're just hating ourselves the next day. But the fellowship was so sweet. You know what I mean? We just don't want to, and it's real, it's legit. You know, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I mean, God blesses get-togethers. Get together in fellowship. Weather's getting nice and crisp. I'm looking forward to some din-dins. <laughs> fellowship. We're looking at a, at a men's retreat. Women have a women's retreat. I like retreats. Like, you know what's cool is like I used to go to retreats and they used to just run us from one study to the next study up at these retreats. You know, Pastor Chuck would just bump, bump, bump. Pastor's conferences is like boom, boom, boom. You got five minutes, another teacher. Five minutes, another teacher. So you need like a retreat from the retreat when you're done. But now we get to schedule it and... uh those were the old school ways. And like whenever we have a men's retreat, it's like we have a morning study and an evening study. We don't have a, a midday study because I want the guys to fellowship and just chill. We came to retreat. We didn't come to come to Bible college. For, you know what I mean? It's like we're, we're here. Go spend time with the Lord and with the brethren. I think we will have a study Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday night. I mean, Saturday night. And that's it. Easy breezy. Why? Because I like to kick back and fellowship, you know? So, anyways, um, for Hezekiah, king of Judah, gave to the assembly a thousand bulls and seven thousand sheep, and the leaders gave to the assembly a thousand bulls and ten thousand sheep, and a great number of priests sanctified themselves. And so, Hezekiah, the king, was so blown away at them wanting to stay that he gave of his own uh, animals for the sacrifices. He, he put, this is all from his own pocket. And really, when it comes to dedicating things to the Lord, way back in Leviticus, no matter what offering the people were giving, they were to give it out of a free will, out of their own free will. Not, not, not out of uh, compulsion or being forced. That's how giving to the Lord should be. It should be a response to the goodness of God. That's why Bible, the Bible says that he loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want us to give all, you know, coerced or forced. It's like, you know, it's a response from God's love. If if things are, if you feel love for God in your heart, you're, you're going to do what he says to do. Amen? 
All right. Hezekiah gave of these things, and uh, the whole assembly of Judah rejoiced. Also the priests and the Levites, all the assembly that came from Israel, the sojourners who came from the land of Israel, and those who dwelt in Judah. So there was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests, the Levites, arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard and Listen to this. Their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place to heaven. I mean, think about it. The writer said that their prayers, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he wrote this. And they did, their prayers did go before the presence of God. Our prayers still go before the presence of God. Amen. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. You are so good. You hear our prayers, Lord. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Bless our church, Lord, to be kingdom-minded. Lord, we pray that your will would be done in our lives, Father. We pray, Lord, while all heads are bowed. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m., and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.